0: At loveisrael.org. That's one word loveisrael.org. Now, here's Baruch with today's lesson.
1: Our God is indeed a God that puts things into His will. And when we have a submissive spirit, when we desire to obey God, when we are individuals that want to take hold of His Word, in order that we would submit and obey it, God will work in our life. And one of the ways that God works in our life is through conviction, something that that I believe is oftentimes ignored. We need to fall under conviction, the conviction of our sins, so that we can confess them, that we can be truly appreciative for what Messiah has done. And even though all of our sins, the moment that we accept Messiah into our life, even though all of our sins, those that have been done, those that will be done, God forbid, but those sins as well are already forgiven. But having this forgiveness does not mean that we should not confess our sins, that we should not be thankful for the fact that God still forgives our transgressions and our iniquities all of this should bring us to a greater appreciation and thanksgiving and gratitude for the god who is a forgiving god he is merciful as one of the best known prayers in judaism says el malay rachamim the god who is full of mercy and we're going to see an example of that in our study Take out your Bible and look with me to the book of Leviticus and chapter 4. We began this chapter last week, completing the first 21 verses, and now we're ready for verse 22. And we're dealing with the same issue, and that is a sin offering. First and foremost, what we have seen in our study of the book of Leviticus is that God deals with sin. And because God deals with sin, you and I need to deal with our own sinfulness. And we're seeing principles for doing just that. That God, he is the only one that forgives sins from that eternal standpoint. But but we need to be forgiving, forgiving of others, but also seek forgiveness and doing so in the biblical order. When we look at the scripture we find that god is very precise in the instructions that he gives on how to deal with sin now for the most part we've been talking about sins that are done by we would say bishgaga, unintentional that is sins that we did not intend to sin but nevertheless we are guilty and they need to be dealt with look if you would to a unique verse in this chapter, verse twenty-two. Why is it unique? Well, if you look at some of chapter four, for example, when you you go to uh, verse three of chapter four, where it says, "If the priest that is anointed, if he should sin, if." But when we get to our primary verse today, verse twenty-two, where we begin. It doesn't say if like it does in other places in this chapter, but it says a share, and this probably relates to when, and it simply shows us that we're all sinful. Even and notice who the subject is of verse twenty two. It says a share nasi nasi. In modern Hebrew, it would be a president, but in a general sense, it's a leader, is a ruler. And we could even say the king. Now, there's a problem with this. And that is, Israel this time has no king other than God himself. And God, of course, does not sin. But we have in Judaism this idea of the prince of the age. And this word prince in this context, nasi, leader, it's speaking about even if the leader of Israel later on this would apply to the king and this shows us how scripture can write down something and it has relevance in the future so if and here we have more precisely when when the leader should sin if he will sin and the implication is we all sin so when he sins and does one from all the commandments of the lord of god which you should not do and he does it how Bishkaga, by accident but nevertheless it was not intentional but nevertheless he is what look at how verse 22 ends and he is guilty now we need to fall under that conviction and know that sometimes we are guilty before god i've done something you've done something it's wrong it's not in accordance with his word as it says here that that he has done something that is against those commandments that we ought not to uh, break meaning those commandments that says thou shall not and what happens we do and in this case bishka god's done by by a way of unintentional he did not or she did not set out to do this but in this context the leader did or there's another possibility and that is this look at verse 23 or it is made known to him his sin which he has sinned against and this means against it meaning the commandment or specifically may be broader against the law and what does he do well he doesn't ignore his guiltiness and that's the first principle that that we need to learn when we sin don't ignore the fact that we are guilty whether you intended to or not you're still guilty and we also see something else there has to be dealt with in a specific way second part of verse 23 and he will bring his offering this is this sacrifice this this offering and in this case according to the leader he brings a a kid goat a male that is without blemish meaning that is is uh, proper now the word here is Tamim, which simply means having no blemish, no flaw, that which is possible to be offered up. Nothing disqualifies this offering from being offered up. And what else does he do? Well, look at verse, verse 24. And he will set his hand upon the head of the goat. And what does he do? and he will slaughter it in the place where he will slaughter the burnt offering before the lord and this is a sin offering now what we're seeing here is that the the leader he goes through this process but we're going to see very quickly that the the priest is there now there is a disagreement Is it the king offering these uh, offerings up when, when he should sin? Or is he simply taking it to the priest and the priest is doing it? But one thing's for certain. When we come to verse 25, it says, Hakohen, the priest, he will take from the blood of the sin offering with his finger and he shall set it upon the horns of the altar and this is the altar for the burnt offering and its blood he shall pour out upon the base this can be the foundation the base of the altar and again this is the same altar the burnt offering altar verse 26 and all of its fat he shall burn up upon the altar as the fat and this is the chief part the fat of the the peace offering and what is the purpose of this look at the end of verse 26 and he shall tone concerning it who should the priests so the priest is the one who's doing the work to make atonement for him from his sin and because he does it the right way submitting to the priests submitting to the instructions of god what is he it says it shall be forgiven from him and here this is just another great example of the god who desires to forgive when we look at that gospel message we see a god who so so loved you and so loved me the scripture says so loved the world that he did the work and what's important here is this through messiah we learn that his work was not a work of atonement but a work of redemption and as i've said many times redemption is superior to that of atonement we we'll move on to verse 27 now here we're not talking about the leader the nasi but we're talking about an individual notice verse 27 and if one soul that's literally what it says but it means a person if one person should sin but it's in the feminine because nephesh is feminine so if the soul of one should sin And here again, Bishkaga, by doing so unintentionally. And we furthermore read that this is one from the people of the land. And and he has done one of the commandments of the Lord, which he should not have done, meaning he's transgressed one of the commandments. It says, Thou shalt not, what has happened? this person as in the case of the leader in the first part of this passage if one should transgress one of the commandments that says thou shall not and he does what should he do well it says here that uh, he is guilty so he falls under conviction and that's why it's so important that when we look at god's word that we speak the scripture that brings about conviction now it may not be popular people probably don't want to fall under conviction it makes them uncomfortable makes them feel bad about themselves but when we preach all of god's word we're going to see that there are our ample verses that brings about conviction and we need that the word of god is just that god's word to us and if it has conviction don't ignore it And that's why it's so problematic when we have well-known people within the the Bible teaching uh, uh, designation. And they say, oh, I want to teach the New Testament. I want to focus in on the Gospels. But anywhere that Messiah says something that is convicting, says something that, that speaks about his judgment, says something that speaks about him being displeased with a certain type of behavior, so many of these people ignore those passages. We ought not. We need to fall under conviction. Now, when we look at this passage, we see he is guilty. He realizes that what he has done is wrong. Or, now look at verse 28, very similar to what we saw in verse 23, where it says, or it is made known to him his sin which he has sinned. Now, once it's made known to him a true disciple a true member of a covenant with god is going to do something and what is that he will bring his offering doesn't delay doesn't have to think about it he wants to deal with his sin and he wants to do it in the way that god has commanded so he will bring his offering and in this case it's going to be a goat This goat is also going to be one that is without blemish. But look, it says here that it's a female goat. Now, the difference, when you go back up to verse 23, you see that it's a male goat that has to be blameless. But here, in this section, it's for the leader. When we come to the people, one of the people, they sin, and what happens? they bring a female goat that is without blemish and this is concerning this one's uh uh sin offering because he has sinned it's going to deal with them he's not going to ignore them he's not going to just not think about it he's going to put things back in order in doing so the way that god has commanded for this one to do it verse 29 same thing He shall set his hands upon the head of the sin offering. He shall slaughter it as a sin offering in the place of the burnt offering, in the same place that the burnt offering was sacrificed and slaughtered, so too is this one. And then it says, verse verse 30, The priest, he will take from its blood this is a female goats for for it says from her blood with his finger and he shall set it upon the horns of the altar of the burnt offering and all of her blood he shall pour out upon the foundation the base of the altar and likewise with the with the fat so it says And with all of her fat meaning the choice parts he shall remove just as the fat was removed concerning the the sacrifice of the peace offering and the priest shall burn it upon the altar and what shall it be a sweet fragrance unto the lord and in doing this it says and the priest shall make atonement concerning him and he will be forgiven now let me just pause by saying what a wonderful statement when we submit to god's instructions doing it god's way falling under conviction knowing that we're guilty but we can find forgiveness now in the tabernacle time and the temple times thereafter that forgiveness was was through atonement which was temporal atonement has an expiration date but redemption redemption is eternal and one of the main difference is that through the the sacrifice of messiah it was his blood not the blood of bulls or goats or lambs but the very blood of the son of god this one who has became flesh so that he could lay down his life and give his blood, so that we could experience something superior to atonement, and that is redemption. Look, if you would, to to verse verse thirty one again And all of her chief parts, those that fat, the best parts, he shall remove just as it removed the fat from the peace offering, and the priest shall burn it upon the altar as a sweet aroma unto the Lord. And thus the priest shall make atonement concerning him, and he will be forgiven. Verse thirty-two. Now we go back to as we saw in verse verse twenty-seven, and if. But we see with the king when. And this just simply should cause the king to be more, more uh, aware of his sinfulness. And that his sinfulness is going to have a greater effect in a negative way because he's the king. It's going to hinder his testimony more than someone like myself or your sins affect others because we're not so well known and popular. But the king, everyone knows that leader verse 32 and if and instead of a goat it says here and if a a sheep probably a lamb because what it says in a moment if from the sheep he will bring his his offering for the sin sacrifice it says a female one that is is perfect meaning without spot or or blemish he shall bring her, and what should he do? Same thing. Look at verse thirty-three, and he shall shall lay his hand upon the head of the burnt offering, and just like he did with the others, and he will slaughter her for a sin offering in the place where he will will slaughter the burnt offering. So the same consistent place for doing all of these, these sacrifices. And then it says, look at the next verse, verse 34. And the priest, just like we learned, the priest shall take from the blood of the sin offering with his finger, and he shall set it upon the horns of the altar, what altar? The burn burnt offering altar. And all of her blood, because it's a female female sheep all of her blood shall be poured out upon the base of the altar and all verse 35 and all of her fat will be removed just as he removed the fat of the lamb from the altar of the the peace offering and he shall burn it who should the priests the priest shall burn them upon the altar concerning this shall be a fire offering unto the lord and what should be the results well notice what it says and he shall atone concerning him who shall atone the priest that's his work the priest shall make atonement concerning him uh, uh concerning his sin offering which he has sinned or concerning his sin which he has sinned and what happens through this sin offering he is forgiven now before we close i want to just point out a few of the important principles and that is god has a way to find forgiveness very important this term venislach lo and it will be forgiven to him we can find forgiveness but just like we see here There's only one way to do that. And that one way is through the instructions of God. Not through some other means. He sets the parameters of all things. Now, are you willing to accept that? That it's God and God alone, our Lord and Savior, Messiah Yeshua. He sets the parameters for all things. And it's only when we submit to those parameters, let's say it a different way, when we submit to those instructions, then and only then are we going to be forgiven. So we have to deal with our sins. We have to deal with them as the Word of God instructs us to do so. And then we can find forgiveness. Here's what's great. Today we see that that all of these instructions have been have been combined and also they are even more powerful through the work of messiah why is that because the lamb and the goat and the various other offerings they were taken and they were slaughtered and it was done by man to them but messiah he became man humbling himself, and he submitted he went to the cross he endured all things with knowledge he knew what he was going to go through but yet he still went through it and this provides make no mistake about it this provides the only redemption that is available today in the same way that the only type of sin offering was what God described in this book it's only through the work of Messiah one way, not a multiplication of ways. Not uh, I'll choose what's right for me and you choose what's right for you. None of that is biblical. It's always based upon God's very specific, we can say it a different way, God's very narrow instructions in order that we find forgiveness. And our sins are dealt with, and we can be renewed to that right relationship with God. When these things were done that we're reading about, it was always with an anticipation that God would send the Redeemer. That's what's important for us to remember. These things speak about atonement, but God, who is the Redeemer, He says, I will be whom I will be. In the future, this God will be the redeeming God that brings us into an eternal relationship with him. And that's the good news. And through the book of Leviticus, we will find more and more principles that point to biblical truth. And we will see how Messiah himself submitted to that, fulfilled that, in order that we can experience what the people of the Old Testament could not. And that is eternal redemption. I can say it another way, victorious salvation, which will lead us out of this world and into his kingdom. But again, there's only one way for that to become the reality of your life. Well, I'll close with that until next week.